0: ago, as God gave me a series, which I just finished um, the week before last, was about revival, preparing the church for revival. What does revival look like? It's not a seven-night special meetings wonder revival. We're talking about national revivals that literally affect a whole generation. And we looked at the history of revivals that have happened over the the last couple of centuries, even recent revivals. Um, But the Holy Spirit told me before I even preached that series that I was to preach a series on Him, the Holy Spirit. And so last week was my first sermon on this series, and the series is called The Holy Who, and that's not said in a blasphemous or disrespectful way, my point is that many people don't really understand who the Holy Spirit is. And so we're going to jump into this in just a moment. But church, I I want to tell you something and I want to share something with you. And that's this here. The same way when I started preaching on revival, God confirmed it and ministries bigger and better and greater than Uh, me, right around the country and around the world started preaching on revival at the same time. Friday night when I went to this youth meeting, guess what the preacher preached on? The Holy Spirit. And those kids were lapping up the Holy Spirit, welcoming him, wanting the Holy Spirit to just fill them to overflowing. So today I'm going to preach the second message in this series. And uh, Chuck, you know how. You got a really quick test? It's about, it's about the Holy Spirit. So, and forgive me, you're going to judge me, but I like to drink beer. And yesterday, I told my wife, I said, I'm going to get beer or coffee. What should I get? She said, get coffee because you'll, you'll be a, a, a turd if I drink beer because it makes me turdish. So I go into the, I go into Publix, and I'm almost. Not, I would go to the Publix, and I said, "Well, I'll get the beer and the coffee." So I go in to grab the beer, and the Holy Spirit says to me, "If you drink that beer, are you going to be able to commune with me throughout the day?" Wow. And I pushed the beer back and went over and got the coffee. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Chuck. I appreciate the honesty. Yeah, transparency. So last night I was working on my message, and I put in a temporary uh, title so I could save it in my computer, and then in the morning I look at it afresh and see what God is adding or tweaking, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, as soon as I woke up, the Holy Spirit said to me, call it living a spirit-filled life. I thought, okay, living the spirit-filled life. That's the life where you hear the Spirit of God and you do what the Spirit of God says, not what your old self says. Hello? And so I I raced downstairs, opened my computer, and uh, I immediately changed the heading. Okay, I've got the heading, and I... I told you, I opened my computer and I have my Bible apps on Chrome and I opened Chrome. Now, I'm about to say something and we're not going to get political, okay? When I watch the news, if I watch the news, how many of you know on TV, no news is good news, Uh, there's no good news, but anyway, I I try to listen to both sides because I'm not going to be one eyed, I want to hear truth. Not everybody tells the truth. Amen. Not everybody tells the truth. Amen. Amen. And so I I weigh up both sides and then I pray and I let the Holy Spirit talk to me. But so I I, I my web page will open up to uh, I don't even remember. MSN I think whatever. And on there is news that's usually representative, usually, of the left. And I open up Fox, which tends to uh, lean towards the right. It just so happens that on Fox News, as I was quickly scrolling through headlines and getting ready to put finishing touches on my sermon, again, do not let your mind get carried away by politics. Let's get carried away by the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm glad you came. Yeah. I'm glad you guys came. I heard you. I said, let's not get carried away by politics. Let's get carried away by the Holy Ghost. Yeah. All right. Come on now. So I'm, I'm reading headlines. And here's this headline. Kristen Limbaugh Bloom. Be open to hearing from the Holy Spirit in new ways. I thought, really? I mean, what a phenomenal confirmation, but I would never expect that to be headline news. It was one of the headline news, and it was only printed 44 minutes earlier. There you go. When I opened my computer, it said, printed or released 44 minutes ago. Now, I had just woken up and the Holy Spirit told me to change the title to Living the Spirit-Filled Life. I'm going to read you something. Now, listen, guys, if this isn't evidence that God is speaking and he's getting ready for a revival, then I don't know what is. But to read this article, I'm going to actually read a little bit to you. It says, most of us err on the side of caution when it comes to hearing from God. The Bible clearly tells us we can't fathom the mind or the power or the deep mysteries of God, Job eleven seven. Yet the majority of us tend to put the Almighty in a box when we think about how he will communicate with us. Whether you're a brand new believer or someone who's been a follower of Christ for many years, you've likely questioned at some point how to know when God is really speaking to you. Most of us err on the side of caution When it comes to hearing from God, and there is a wisdom in that approach, God does tell us in 1 John 4, 1, Beloved, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. We must be very careful not to mistake our own instincts which can be swayed by our flawed emotions or worse, spirits that are not from God for the voice of God. Yet, as I've grown, now listen to this, yet as I've grown my relationship with the Holy Spirit. Here's this person on national news website talking about having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. As I've grown my relationship with the Holy Spirit, I've discovered that there is such a thing as being too cautious, rigid, and dare I say, unbelieving when it comes to hearing from the Holy Spirit. Now remember, I wake up and the Holy Spirit says, make your title, Living the Spirit-Filled Life. And here she is, she's talking about hearing from the Holy Spirit. And this lack of freedom in our relationship with him robs us of immeasurable blessings and joy that he has in store for us. God gracefully began to pull me out of my unknowing disbelief in this area several years ago when my husband and I joined the church that prioritized being led by the Holy Spirit. Does that sound like the title he told me to put on my sermon? Living the Spirit-filled life. I remember the first time a pastor asked to pray for me, she started describing a vision she was seeing in real time, which without Outright saying, she implied, was being given to her by the Holy Spirit as a message of encouragement for me. And in some circles they'll say, that, that that's a counterfeit spirit. The audacity, the Holy Spirit doesn't talk to us like that. Well, wait a minute. If he doesn't, then Jesus lied. Because Jesus said, I must go so that he, the Holy Spirit, will come. And when he comes, he will lead you, he will guide you, he will teach you, he will comfort you, he will tell you the truth, and he will tell you things that are yet to come. That's prophecy. And some people want to say, well, prophecy is not for today, and the gifts of the Spirit aren't for today. Then we need to erase that, because Jesus said, I'm going, I'm going to send you the Holy Ghost, and he will tell you things that are yet to come. That's revelation, and that's prophetic. Hallelujah. How many of you know that the Spirit of God searches the mind of God and speaks the things that are in God's heart? Amen. Amen. The picture she described resonated deeply within me, and I found myself eager to learn how this pastor had received not only an amazing supernatural gift, but the discernment to know it was actually an image from God and not just her own imagination. I asked her these questions over coffee a few weeks later, hoping to find a clear cut answer on how I too could receive this type of revelation from the Holy Spirit. Remember, this is headline news. How many of you would rather hear headline news like that? Yes. Hey? Awesome. She reassured me that my desire to fully understand this type of experience was coming from a good place, and that she herself had the same questions when she first began to seek different gifts from the Holy Spirit. She reminded me that the Bible tells us every truly good thing comes from God. She coupled it with 1 Corinthians 14.3, which tells us messages from God are meant to be shared among fellow believers to encourage one another and build one another's faith. Perhaps most, most importantly, she told me that when she first began to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to her in new ways like showing her pictures in her imagination or mind's eye, her first instinct was to question the images. Were these scenes simply being recycled by past experiences or her mind's own creativity? But when she sought counsel from an elder pastor, he reassured her that when we ask God for good gifts with pure intentions in our heart, he does not give his children a stone in the place of bread. And who are we to think God can't use our past experiences or our creativity to communicate with us anyway? At the end of the day, faith must play a role in our ability to receive rele- revelation from the Holy Spirit. I decided to take her advice soon after when I prayed for my dear friend Molly on her birthday. So now this lady is going to pray for her friend, Molly. It's her birthday. I began by asking the Holy Spirit to increase his presence within my mind. And as I prayed, I pictured Molly. Um, all right, she says it in, in just a moment, but I want to tell you her, her friend Molly had lost her dad that year. And it was her first birthday with her dad no longer being here, okay? That will come out in a moment. As I prayed, I pictured Molly walking alongside of Jesus and her dad, who had recently passed away. I saw Jesus place a crown of sunflowers on her head. Now, even I, when I read this, I thought, that sounds a little cheesy. But you see, we, we get skeptical. Just listen to this. He placed a crown of sunflowers on her head saying, this is Molly, my sunflower whom I love. The image was beautiful and simple, yet my knee-jerk reaction upon opening my eyes was to doubt what I had seen really came from God. I thought Molly has a cheery disposition and blonde hair. I'm sure my imagination simply brought a sunflower to mind because of those things. Because of my doubts, I was hesitant to share what I had seen with Molly. But the Holy Spirit reminded me of my pastor's advice, and I decided to send what I had seen in my birthday message to her. She wrote me back immediately, telling me she had tears flooding down her face. I could hardly believe what I read next. Now remember, this is Molly's first birthday since her dad had passed away. So listen, Molly told me that hardly anyone knew this, but growing up, her dad's nickname for her was my little sunflower. I was absolutely astounded by the sweetness of God. Not only did he give my friend the tangible peace of her father on her first birthday without him, he was gracious enough to allow me to be a part of that process which increased my own faith and encouraged me to continue pursuing words from the Holy Spirit. I made 50 copies of that. That that was headline news. I want to read headline news like that every day. Amen. Amen. And now I'm going to preach you a short version of the message that the Holy Spirit gave me, and I have 50 copies of that if you want it. But this is after the service. Come and help yourself. I want you to open your Bibles with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter four, verse thirty. My title is "Living the Spirit-Filled Life," and in Ephesians chapter four, verse thirty, Paul says, "And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the uh, you were sealed for the day of redemption." Now, you, most of you know me well enough to know I love going back to the Hebrew. I love going back to the Greek. Sometimes the English translation loses a lot in translation. And so the Greek word here for grieve is lupel, lupel. But it comes from Reference number 3077, so lupeo is reference number 3076 in the Strong's uh, analytical concordance or exhaustive concordance. This is not denominational, okay, this is transdenominational, denominational goes right across the boundaries. It's just a Greek and Hebrew dictionary taking every word in the Bible and giving you the accurate meaning. So, Lupeo 3076 comes from 3070, Lupe, which means deep grief to experience deep emotional pain and sadness. For example, severe sorrow. That's what Lupe means. Lupeo is very intense and hence even used in reference to the pain of childbearing or childbirthing. So when Paul says don't grieve the Holy Spirit, it is an intense version of 3077 Lupe. The Holy Spirit gets grieved. He gets hurt. He is saddened. He's disappointed. And Paul says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. We want to live a spirit-filled life. But if we're going to live a spirit-filled life, we have to know who the Holy Spirit is so that he will be comfortable around us. Can I get an agreement? How do we grieve the Holy Spirit is the question I wrote in my notes. And I made a statement, and I don't know, you know, uh, Zach, I didn't give you a heads up, but this next paragraph, uh, before we can understand how, can you put that up on the screen? There you go, magic. The guy's awesome. The guys that work back there, Tony, Uh, Pastor Carlos, Zach, um, Omar, awesome. They do a great job. Look at this here. If you want to take a photograph of it, it, because you don't take good notes, I'm like that. I take photographs. Before we can understand how we grieve the Holy Spirit, we need to understand something that I've never heard preached. I've been preaching, I am 63 years old, I've been preaching for over 40 years. I've never, what I'm going to share with you, I've never read it in a book, I've never heard it preached, okay? Before we can understand how we grieve the Holy Spirit, we need to understand something that I've never heard preached about the Holy Spirit. And yet, it is absolutely fundamental to who He is. Are you ready? Okay. I'm going home. I said, are you ready? Yeah. All right. When we, we often study the names of God because they reveal the character of God, which in turn helps us to know who God is. For example, Jehovah-Jireh is I am the Lord who provides for you. And in all these different story scenarios in the Old Testament, different events would happen and God would reveal himself in that scenario and say, I did this because this is my name. My name reflects who I am. So Jehovah-Jireh, I am the God who supplies uh, provides for you. Jehovah Rapha, I am the God who heals you. Jehovah Tiskanu, I am the God who will be your righteousness. Jehovah Shama. I am the God who will be ever present with you. Jehovah Shalom, I am the God who will be your peace. I'm sure you all heard the eight compound names of Jehovah. And God reveals different facets of who he is through his name. Well, the same is true of the Holy Spirit. And yet, through the, though the truth is staring us right in the face, no one ever connects the dots for us. And so I'm going to tell you something I've never heard preached. I've never read it in a book. I've read it by studying the Greek and the Hebrew, and I want you to understand who the Holy Spirit is. There are four words in the New Testament that are used for the word holy. And in our English Bibles, each time, though a different word, one of four different words are used in the Greek, in English it just says holy, 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 holy. But behind those English words of holy are four different Greek words which are a type of holiness, but they have a different emphasis, and we lose this in translation. It's a little bit like, I love ice cream on, a, on an ice cream cone. How many of you like ice cream? man, give me mango ice cream or mango and coconut ice cream and I'm going to lick that sucker. I love it. But I used to have a pet dog named Patches. I'll leave that to your imagination. And uh, I loved Patches, but I didn't lick Patches. I love my kids. When I put them to bed at night, when they were young, I didn't go licking their faces. You know, there, we, we interpret the word love for many different things, but there are different definitions to the word love. And the same here for the word holy. There are four Greek words. The first one is in the Greek dictionary, 3741, hosios, and it means to be right, by, uh, by intrinsic or divine character, Hoseos. And this reference, in the book of Acts, twice, it refers to a prophecy about Jesus from the Psalms, and the, the apostles are repeating it as they're preaching it, and they're quoting what David wrote under prophetic influence, and he says, you will not allow your holy one to see decay. Speaking of the resurrection of Jesus Christ's physical body. And so in the New Testament, every time they're talking about Christ and they say the Holy One, it is Hoseos. The Hoseos One, the one whom, who by intrinsic nature is divine. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Do you know that the Bible actually uses that word one time in the New Testament for us, the church. That's right. Peter says, lift up your holy hands. You see, we have yet to fully understand how much of a new creation we are. We are not God and we will never be God and we are not gods, but he has implanted in us so that we can be partakers of the divine nature. Peter teaches that. We don't hear it enough in church. But I'm not just flesh and blood anymore. I am born again of an incorruptible seed. You are born again of an incorruptible seed. I don't care about your past. I care about you. And yes, I care about how your past has affected you. But your past doesn't determine who you are. Your relationship with Jesus determines who you are. It determines who I am, you see. And if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed. Before I was born of flesh and blood. Today, I'm born of flesh and blood, but I'm born again better the second time round. I am born again of an incorruptible seed, and I am a partaker of the divine nature of Jesus Christ. Come on now. Can I get an Amen. And so in that instance, Peter says, lift up those hands that by intrinsic nature are divine. I believe I am who he says I am. Yeah, praise God. Anyway, that's not the focus of my message, but that's The first word that just gets translated as holy. The second one comes from the Greek reference 1342. And it is, uh, I'm going to try to pronounce it, diakios, diakios. And it means to be right by means of following human statutes and guidelines and rules. In other words, law abiding. When a person is law abiding... This word holy is used. They're holy in the sense that they they follow the regulations, the statutes. They don't break the laws. The third word for holy is the Greek reference number 2413, hieros. He had us, and it means sacred or consecrated for god 's use or purposes only, so in other words, if we were to look at the tabernacle in the Old Testament, the altar there where they would make sacrifices that was holy unto the God uh, unto God was the altar by intrinsic nature holy? no was it holy because the altar observed Rules and regulations? No. It was holy as in you can't have a barbecue on that for your own little party. Uh, You know, that is used purely in spiritual worship as an act of reverence unto God. Everybody understand the difference? Stay with me. This is going to get good. Are you with me? Come on. All right. So holy as in that belongs to God. You are holy in that sense. If you have really given your life over to God, you don't want to share it with the devil. You're holy, you're his possession. And that word is he- heiros. And then the last word is in the Greek, the reference number is number 40, hagios. And it means purity from defilement, abstaining from things. That will stain you. Abstaining from things that will dirty you. Abstaining from things that will leave a stain or mark on you. And Peter uses this word in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 16. And he exhorts the people, the church, to keep themselves from defilement. He says, be Holy, be hagios, because God is hagios. Be holy, keep yourself from being defiled, keep yourself from consciously and deliberately walking in sin. But here's the interesting thing while it's used sometimes in reference to us to be a person who keeps themselves from defilement, when you read the name of God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the only word that is ever used every time is he is the Hagios Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? He's the Spirit who keeps himself from defilement. Paul says don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Why? He's the Hagio spirit. He's the absolute purity of God. And he doesn't hang around in shady areas. Oh, he will to convict people. But if I want to live a spirit-filled life, I'm so glad you were honest enough to share what you shared. And I, I appreciate the fact that you were transparent and even exposed a part of you. And I commend you for that. If we want to have a spirit-filled life, we have to be led by the Hagios spirit. Are you following me? He's the spirit who keeps himself from defilement. And it's interesting, there are four words for holy and yet, the Holy Spirit is always and only the Hagios Spirit. I want more fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So, guess what? I need to listen to him like Chuck was being honest with all of us. You know, we could have stood here and he could have run the risk in his mind of us shaming him. Who's gonna shame him? Who's gonna throw the first stone? Let's be honest, let's be real. It's one thing that my sins are forgiven. And sometimes we abuse grace and we say, well, I'm under grace, you know, God understands. The Bible actually says the grace that comes from God teaches us to say no to all ungodliness. You see, living a spirit-filled life, if we really want to flow in the Holy Spirit, we have to understand who he is. Because the Holy Spirit will never be contrary to who he is by nature. He's the Hagio Spirit. He's the Spirit that keeps himself from defilement. You know, I struggle with stuff just like you all struggle with stuff. And the other day I was talking to Donna Johnson. And for Bible school on Wednesday night, sometimes we pull out the coffee and the tea and some cookies. And Jordan... Can you tell I like some cookies and I like some sweet stuff? You can't tell? You're a good man. I'm going to ask you questions more often. You give me the right answers. And uh, some of the cookies had to be thrown away because ants got into them. So I mentioned this to Donna. I said, Donna, uh, I don't know when it happened. We use the cookies for the church. Even during the week, we have staff meetings And though we have Tupperware containers, they only work if you close the Tupperware container, and they weren't sealed uh, properly. So the next day, she she was cleaning up after Bible college. The next day, I went and made myself a cup of coffee, and I went to go grab, you know, a a cookie, a cream-filled cookie, and I opened up the Tupperware container. I'm thinking, good girl, she sealed the Tupperware container. She had every cookie bag wrapped in glad wrap, not just one way, not just two ways. It was like three or four ways. This thing was so wrapped, an ant, there's no way a hundred ants could have gone in there. Now I'm going to make a confession just like my buddy here made a confession. Because I, I want the Holy Spirit more and more in my life. I know who I can be. I want to be who he made me to be. And so, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm often saying, Holy Spirit, I'm sorry. I said something, and I know that was offensive. And I love you, and I don't want to offend you, and I don't want to offend my father. And so much so that I went to sleep, and I can't remember, in all honesty, yes, this was just this last week. I can't remember if it was the next night, that night. I'm not sure. But it was in the last seven days. I dreamed, and as I'm dreaming, I'm saying, Holy Spirit, let your power of hagios wrap me up. And in my dream, I was being wrapped up just like those cookies. But instead of glad wrap, I was being wrapped up by the hagios of the Spirit of God. Too often we look at the Holy Spirit just as the one who will talk to us and bring the gifts of the Spirit. But he also brings the fruit of the Spirit, and if you think about it, the fruit of the Spirit are the fruit of a holy, godly life. If we're being defiled by sin, if I'm living by the anger of my flesh, I'm not going to have Love. I'm not going to have patience. I'm not going to have kind, kindness. Are you with me? You see, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, it's the fruit of who he does. But oftentimes, we only look at the power of the Holy Spirit. But do you know that genuine power comes not out of gifting, but out of personality and character. The power of God comes from the fact that God is a holy God. Are you hearing me? And so the Holy Spirit, like that wonderful dove that he is, you know, on a dove, there are nine feathers on each wing. And the Holy Spirit have nine fruit. He has nine fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. And he has nine gifts of the Spirit. I want us to embrace all of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm going to go, but I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. And most people while they we think we know who he is the reality is deep down in our hearts the question is the holy who mm-hmm. the holy spirit is not an it the holy spirit is not a thing the holy spirit is the third person of who god is just like rob Scarallo has a flesh but what you see here i might be 5 foot 9 but on the inside i'm 6 foot 10 You can't judge me by this. There's a character, a heart. There's a person summed up in experiences of life and memories. There's a person summed up by belief systems that have been adopted over his years of experience. And then there's another person. There's the spirit man, Rob Scarello, whose spirit has communication with the Father on a regular basis. And so the Holy Spirit of God, the third person, just like you're a triune being, your spirit, soul, and body, God is a triune being, and he wants his spirit to have fellowship with our spirit. Listen, I'm going to make fun of myself for a minute. I'm an old man, 63 years old. I'm an old man. I've lived a long time. I am old enough that I have made enough mistakes. I don't want to do things my way anymore. I want to do things his way. Hello, are you hearing me? And so I want to hear the Holy Spirit of God. I want to follow. You see, I'm Italian. How many of you know I'm Italian? They say the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. I'm going to tell you a quick story. This is funny, okay? So when I was a young guy and, you know, I'm cruising, looking at, okay, uh, who, who might I marry one day? And there was this girl in the church in Australia, and uh, she looked pretty fine. And I thought, man, she's a cutie. Uh, I wouldn't mind being attached to her one day and maybe being married to her. And so uh, she invited me together with my buddy and her girlfriend. They invited us up for dinner, and they served us apricot chicken. It was delicious. And every bite I'm eating this thing, I'm thinking, man, have a wife like this that can cook like this, that would be a fine thing. I found out later she didn't cook it. Then I started to date another fine young lady, and I found out that those two girls asked her to cook the chicken. I found that out after I married that lady. So I said all that to draw a picture, and that is a good Italian. knows how to follow his nose. People ask me, they say, you know, you cook pretty decent. How'd you learn to cook? I don't follow recipes. You know what I do? I walk up and down the aisles of the supermarket, and I let my stomach talk to me. (laughs) And my stomach says, mmm, that and that, mmm. Mmm. And my stomach talks to me, and so I get the recipes from my stomach. Every good Italian has a good stomach, and it gives you recipes. So I am led by my Italian stomach. Sometimes I'm led by my Italian nose. Sometimes my old flesh wants to lead me too. And be real honest with you. Here's a day in the life of Pastor Rob Scarallo. Saturday morning, I get up at uh, 6 o'clock. And uh, I had to go down to Lowe's. We got prayer meeting at 9 o'clock. I had to go to Lowe's because I'm renovating my house. And so I went and bought materials. Borrowed the church van, went down to Lowe's, picked up a whole load of stuff, dropped it off at the house, and uh, came here to church, ran the prayer meeting at 9 o'clock. We finished about 10.30. The ladies were having a ladies' meeting at uh, 12 o'clock. I wanted to be here for part of that. So I had the lows I went to here in Oldsmar. I didn't have everything I wanted, so I had to go to uh, town and country. So I raced over to the house I'm renovating, picked up the church van, ran all the way down to town and country and shopped and got a couple of more materials so that I knew I was only gonna have half a day because I wanted to be here for a part of the ladies' meeting. So I I, I ran all the way down there and as I'm pulling in the parking lot, here's this guy in a Lincoln, big old Lincoln. And I got, you know, a little Genesis sits law on the ground And I can't see past his car, and he's doing three miles an hour. And he's talking on the phone in the parking lot. There's no other car in front of him. Nobody's crossing the road. Nothing. And I'm thinking, I'm ready to toot this guy. Doesn't he know how busy I am? Because after the ladies' meeting, then I got to go and work on the house and renovate it, and then I finished that at 6.30. I went home, had a shower, and uh, sat down, made a few church phone calls to people that uh, uh, needed phone calls, and at 8 o'clock, I started preaching my sermon. Well, I know my routine, and this guy's going three miles an hour, and he's chatting on the phone, and I'm ready to tell him, hey, move it, move your butt, buddy. And the Holy Spirit says, you can't. And see, I want to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So I'm following this guy. It felt like forever. I mean, he couldn't get out of his own way. He wouldn't win a race with a snail. (laughs) Finally, he puts his blinker on, and he turns ever so slowly. I think, good Lord, Holy Ghost, I'm not going to blow it. I want to have fellowship with you. And I'm smiling. I'm thinking, thank you, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. As soon as he's out of my way, I put the pedal down. I went from three miles an hour to 10. And all of a sudden, there was a family crossing in front of me, going to one of the stores. And as soon as I see the little kids and the family, no problem, I slow down. Well, this lady's crossing across, and she starts giving me the finger. She's yelling at me and making faces. And the Holy Spirit says, settle. I said, well, I'm a little bit curious, so I roll my window down. I said, is there a problem? And she starts dropping F-bombs and saying, I saw you speed up to try to scare us and the kids and try to make us run. And I'm thinking, that is the furthest thing from who I am. She took offense, and I didn't give offense. Now she gave offense, and I took offense. And the window's down, and the Holy Ghost is sitting on my shoulder, and I'm looking at this lady, and I'm about to tell her where to go. And the Holy Spirit says, Rob, you can't do that. I'm telling you, honest, this is the truth. All in nanoseconds, right? I'm getting ready to tell her where to go. And the Holy Spirit says, you can't tell her where to go. God has been prepping you all your life to stop people from going there. (laughs) And I said to the Holy Spirit, this is God's honest truth. I'm being like my buddy here. I'm trying to be transparent. I said to the Holy Spirit, yeah. Yeah but she already came from there, so what difference does it make? And I saw this little white dove fly out the window. I took offense, and he took off. You know why he took off? I said to the lady... You need to get your head checked. You need to get your head checked. I mean, she was crazy. She was real crazy. And she had all the emotion and body movements to go with it. I wasn't worried about her having a weapon. She was the weapon. And I thought, as I drive past, I thought, Holy Spirit, I blew it. I don't live in condemnation, but I do live in conviction. Big difference. Condemnation says you're a failure and that's all you'll ever be. Conviction says you made a mistake. Come on, get it right. Huge difference. Condemnation is the devil's language. Conviction is the Holy Spirit's language. And because I want a relationship with him just like he spoke to you, right? The Holy Spirit speaks to us and we, if we want to live the Spirit-filled life, we have to have the nose of the Spirit and follow the smell of the Hagios Spirit, the Spirit who keeps himself from famine. So I I didn't pout. I didn't live in condemnation. I knew I had to get some stuff at Lowe's. I had to get back here. As soon as I got back here, I had to go home, change, and then start working, work till 6.30, come home, shower. And there were several people I had to get to. I showered, made the church calls, and then at 8 o'clock, I start my sermon. But I repented. I said, Holy Spirit, I love you. I don't... Of my own self, I don't deserve you. But because you led me to Jesus, I am the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. And so, Holy Spirit, I don't want to offend you. I want you to move through my life. Continue to wrap me with your Hagios spirit so that offense can't get in. Sin can't get in. Fill me. Holy Spirit, with who you are. Can I get an amen? Amen. Come on, give the Lord a praise praise. Would you stand with me? You know, the truth sets us free. Truth sets us free. There's a little bit more on my notes. You're welcome to have it. Not because I think I'm great. Absolutely not. But if the Holy Spirit gave me a message, it's his. And therefore, it's yours if you want it. Um, And so there's a few more notes you can do Bible study as you go through the rest of the notes. As many as are led by the Spirit are sons of God. The context of that verse is putting away flesh reactions. Did you get that? Yes, yes, yes. It's on the notes. Read it. The context, for as many are as are led by the Spirit, are sons of God, the context Paul is talking about, now put aside those things of the flesh and be led mm-hmm. by the Spirit. I wish I could tell you all that I am the most holy, awesome, incredible (laughs) Pastor Rob who never makes a mistake. I make mistakes. But I want to be the Rob Scarallo who's quick to say, God, I made a mistake. I know you love me. Your opinion of me hasn't changed. It's so important that we understand that. We're going to make mistakes. But it's important that God knows that we know that his opinion of us doesn't change. He can't love you more than your, your physical daddy and your mom. No one will love you more than him. He gets us. And what I love about God, he gets how we got to where we are. He knows all the stuff that happened. He knows all the stuff that abused us and hurt us and messed us up. He knows what triggers me. And he appreciates the fact that when I fall flat on my face, I can be humble enough and not arrogant and say, Holy Spirit, I'm sorry. And I won't get condemned. The devil wants me to go that way and get condemned. I won't get condemned, but I will get repented. I will. And if we're going to live a spirit-filled life, We have to listen to the voice of the Spirit and be sensitive to Him. Do I want to move in the gifts of the Spirit? Absolutely. Do I want to lay hands again on the dead and see them rise? Absolutely. Do I want to continue to speak healing over people with incurable diseases like in the past and see them miraculously healed? Absolutely. Do I want to win tens of thousands of people to Jesus Christ? Absolutely. But first and foremost, before I move in the power of the Holy Spirit, I want to make sure that my relationship is with who He is. He's the Hagios Spirit. Of God and I want that Hagios in me can I get an amen, amen. praise God <coughs> I'm gonna ask my pastors uh, to come and stand out the front and Paul and Beth and uh, Donna you can come with Pastor Tom come and if you want prayer if you need victory in an area of your life that's okay If you want prayer because you just need strength or encouragement, awesome. I might get them to lay hands on me afterwards. No shame. The only shame is if we know a thing and we don't do it because we're ashamed. Don't, Don't let the devil play that game with you. I know who I am. I am born again and washed in the blood of Jesus, and I am the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. Lynn, come on down and help us pray. I know who I am. I believe I am who he says I am. But does that mean I've arrived and I'm permanently set in a perfect place? No, I make choices. And some of them are good, and hopefully most of them are good. Occasionally, I make choices, and they're not so good. You know what the difference was between King Saul and King David? When King Saul would sin and fall on his face, he would make excuses for his mistake. David, in some ways, made a bigger fall than King Saul. But the difference was a heart attitude. When David was caught in sin, he humbled himself, And instead of trying to excuse himself, he said, God, you excuse me. I'm sorry. I want to get it right. See, repentance isn't an act. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Amen. And I'm okay with that. And we need to be okay with that. Otherwise, we think we've arrived and that's it. We're perfect. And the moment you get to that place, you need to repent. (laughs) Praise God. If you've never asked Jesus Christ in your heart, you must be born again. You really must. You need Jesus inside your life. And he will love you forever and ever. Every eye closed. If you would like to accept Christ, whether you're watching online or you're here in the building, you want to accept Jesus in your heart, that's step one. We'll get to the Holy Spirit in a moment. Raise your hand and say, I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Thank you. God bless you. You can put your hand down. Who else would like to accept Jesus Christ today as their Lord and Savior? I want to tell you that... God loves you. It doesn't matter what we've done wrong or what's been done wrong to us. It doesn't matter what side of the railroad tracks you were born on. It doesn't, nothing matters except that God loves us. And he is willing to cover us and love us. And he doesn't just forgive us of our sins. He says, I'm making you part of my family. Wow. Wow. I mean, I've had a lot of people forgive me over the years, but I've never had people say to me, I want you to be family. I'm going to take you in. You are family. God married this hot mess here, you see. Right now, if you want to ask Jesus in your heart, everyone close your eyes and repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, thank you for loving me. I need your love. I believe you love me. Jesus Christ, you died on that cross for me. And I receive that. I accept that. Jesus, come into my heart and live inside of me. Oh, yeah, take control. Forgive me of all my sins and wash me with your blood cover me love on me live in me i give you permission to take control of my life and i thank you god that as i accept jesus now you have already accepted me i receive you and i love you Amen. Those of you who have done that, would you after the service come and see Pastor Tom. We want to give you a New Testament and uh, uh, devotional as well. Come and see Pastor Tom and say, I ask Jesus in my heart. Now, as we go, if you need prayer and you want more of the Holy Spirit to function in your life and to be the Hagio Spirit, and I want you to start stepping out of the aisle right now. Come on. And come down the front and say, pray for me. No shame in that. Come and say, pray for me. Father, I want the touch of your Holy Spirit. There you go. There you go. People are being honest. Amen. This young lady just stood up last yesterday and gave a testimony of her life. And she's not ashamed to say, I'm still a work in progress. Come on. I I know we're all a work in progress, and there would be a ton more. Don't let the devil shame you or cause you to be afraid. Come and let the Spirit of God minister to you. I'm going to close in prayer, and as I do, you just step out of your aisle, and if you need prayer, come on down and let the Spirit of God hug on you and love on you and fill you with his Hagios power. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for what you've done today. And I thank you that you're speaking to people's lives and touching their hearts. I thank you, Jesus, there is power in your name. And I thank you that you have given us a new name and made us the righteousness of God by faith. Now, Holy Spirit, continue to speak to us, continue to minister to us, continue to lead us and help us to be willing followers of you. Help us to grow not a hard skin, a sensitive skin to you. And everyone said, amen. 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 Give the Lord a praise offering. Come on. Amen. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to continue to preach on different aspects of who the Holy Spirit is. And I I know that some of you are going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. But it's not just about getting baptized. It's about knowing Him and having relationship with Him. God bless you. If you want the notes, come on down. Grab the notes. Have an incredible week.